Welcome to episode 44 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. We created this podcast to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that make up Wichita's important business community. We thank you for listening, and thank you very much if you're a subscriber. Washington, D.C. is a much different place from when Senator Jerry Moran took his place as Kansas congressman 20 years ago. Moran is my guest this week, and we discuss how the Washington atmosphere has changed, his co-sponsorship of the business legislation called the Startup Act, and trade issues for Kansas under the Trump administration. But first, a few notes about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Our big story this week, the Wichita Sports Commission. It was created to get an arena built and attract NCAA men's basketball championship games. Well, mission accomplished, but the work doesn't stop. There are a lot of other events the commission runs, including the Prairie Fire Marathon, Corporate Challenge, and the annual Johnny Bench Awards. Our Daniel McCoy wrote that story. It's on page 11. We announced the 2018 Best in Business finalists online this week. That list can also be found in the weekly edition on page 3. Our list, Residential Real Estate Mortgage Lenders, the list and some list analysis beginning on page six. This week we spend 10 minutes with Scott Marco. He's the new president at Zernco. Our lead section is a great business resource. You can see who filed the new lawsuit, who created a new corporation, real estate deals, who owes federal and state taxes, bankruptcies, building permits. Look up our lead section. It's on page 20. Back in a moment. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Much of the change in Washington in the past year has been favorable to business, fewer regulations, tax breaks, a growing economy, but there is some concern as well, and Senator Jerry Moran is watching. Moran wants to make starting and running a business easier. He's a co-sponsor of the Startup Act, but he's concerned about trade policy, aluminum and steel tariffs, tariffs on China and TPP and North American Free Trade Agreement. Those are all issues important to Kansas businesses and ag producers. Senator Jerry Moran joins us. Senator, thanks very much for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Bill, thanks for the opportunity. Happy to have a conversation. Let me ask you in general terms, you've been in Washington now, hard to believe, about 20 years. What's the atmosphere in Washington these days? Well, first of all, I guess I would say it's not as toxic as it sometimes looks on the nightly news. Mm-hmm. Uh, the media loves the fight, uh, and that that's what normally gets reported. In most circumstances, members of Congress, Republicans and Democrats, are working together for a common goal of getting something done. But when it comes to the major issues, the hot-button political issues, uh, the Congress is very divided, and uh, there seems little movement toward finding common ground on those big issues. And so while I I portrayed this uh, perhaps originally in the best of light, it's nothing that I'm very satisfied with, and it is not the place that it was when I first arrived in Congress. Uh, there there, There was more congeniality, but more importantly that, there was a desire for a result. And in today's world, it's too often the fight is the result that some members of Congress or political parties are looking for as compared to the solution. And it seems to me that that has grown over time. Our media is more fractured. People watch the news 
listen to the news that they find most appealing to their points of view, right. uh, and it pulls us into our corners where uh, there's less interest uh, in resolution and more interest in making political points. So the attitude or the, the nature of our, our nation's capital, but I, I think it's true across other uh, areas of government, is uh, more challenging, more difficult, and uh, you know, just a bit less enjoyable than it was uh, when, for, for most of the time that I've been in, in public office or public service. What's your approach to dealing with that? On the one hand, you might su- support some of the president's ideas and goals, and you have. On the other hand, there are those other issues dealing with Russia, the tweets, Stormy Daniels, and things like that. How do you, how do you handle that? Well, I, I work at having a friendship, a relationship with uh, all my colleagues in the United States Senate. That's easier when there's 100 as compared to when I was in the House of Representatives, 435. Uh, I generally know reasonably well, and some some of my colleagues very well, on both sides of uh, the political divide. Uh, and I b- begin my view with the, with the belief, I mean, this is something I firmly believe, is that people are entitled to different opinions. They are entitled to a different philosophy. And in both instances, the voters of uh, their state or a, members of, a member of Congress's district has elected this person to represent them. It is the voters' opportunity, and it's, that ought to be rewarded, ought to be respected, uh, even in disagreement. I, I assume that the people uh, from, uh, from a state who elect a United States senator have put their faith in that person, and uh, that person is entitled, based upon his or her background, philosophy, uh, engagement with their constituents, to make decisions that could very well be or often are different than mine. Uh, different constituents have a different uh, result in Washington, D.C., and I, I start with the premise that, that that senator is entitled to my respect as he or she attempts to represent their philosophy or their district or their the, 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 the geography that they, that they, they bring with them. Right. So that's a starting point. And then secondly, as I said, I try to develop a relationship, knowledge. It's, it's much more easy to find common ground if you know a person. Uh, and we we need to spend more time together as as members of Congress than we do. Uh, and then in, in my own efforts to pass legislation, if there's legislation that uh, I'm I, I mean I hardly an, uh, introduce legislation that I don't want to become law. Occasionally, you will make a statement by the bill that you introduce, knowing that the likelihood of this piece of legislation ever being signed into law is pretty minimal. But most of the time, introducing legislation is not about a message for me. It's about how can we get this or something like this passed and signed into law. And that means I have no choice, particularly in the Senate, where it takes 60 votes to pass anything, but to work with Democrats uh, who I, I will try to find that have a similar point of view in regard to that particular issue. And so specific legislation, I think we're going to talk about Startup Act uh, in this conversation. Um, I knew what I was interested in in trying to create an environment in which entrepreneurs would have a better chance of success, grow the economy for better jobs, higher-paying jobs, more secure jobs. Um, Mark Warner, a Democrat senator from Virginia, we reached out. I reached out to him and asked him to join me, and we drafted that kind of leg- legislation together. Uh, we put our thoughts on paper but then took his ideas into account, and jointly we came up with the this Startup Act, uh, which we've now modified uh, a number of times together. Startup 3.0, right? Startup 3.0. And in in all regards, uh, we've joined uh, together in the effort to try to get 
uh, legislative uh, enactment of a bill that we both think are important and in the process of drafting that legislation ideas that I had became modified by some of his thoughts and 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 uh, I was successful in modifying his thoughts for uh, things that I thought should be uh, in the legislation or how that should be worded and it's just an example of where the realization is that unless we work together the chances of us having any legislative success that startup act includes uh, items related to immigration that is perhaps one of the most important aspects of that legislation but also one of the most politically difficult uh, to accomplish and um, one of the things that we face in Congress is that there are those who think we should be able to pass comprehensive immigration, in other words, deal with really all of the issues that surround immigration. I've taken the view that we ought to at least start with the things that we can agree on, and I think that that's, a, that's another way of accomplishing things, is that none of us can get everything we want, but we can find issues within that arena that we can find uh, agreement on. And so uh, a number of things, I think, in regard to immigration could get the 60 votes that's necessary in the Senate. But if you package that all together in something that deals with a whole set of issues related to immigration, so it, it, I, I guess to answer your question in, in that regard, you kind of modify your goals and say, I'm willing to accept what we can get done, and I don't have to have everything that I want in order to accept what is a part of that. Right. Talk about Startup 3.0 and what specifically that does for entrepreneurs. Well, this issue came about to me because I was discouraged, continue to be discouraged, I guess, about the fiscal condition of our country, the amount of money we spend and the revenues that we raise to, to pay for it. And it was particularly concerning to me as a new United States senator. There was an effort, Bull Simpson, that President Obama, the commission he put together, had some recommendations that I think we should have considered, but that commission went no place. Uh, there was a gang of eight or ten senators, uh, half Republican, half Democrat, who were working on what's the right amount of uh, revenue, taxation that's necessary to get uh, cuts in spending that we could uh, agree on. And that didn't wasn't successful either. And about that time, the Kauffman Foundation in Kansas City issued a, a report in regard to, to the, the state of entrepreneurship in the country, and it was diminishing the ability to, the numbers of startups, businesses that were being created was diminishing in our country. Uh, and it occurred to me that there is an opportunity for us to grow the economy and therefore reduce the debt and deficit by having more people working and therefore paying more taxes. So that was the, gen the genesis for this legislation, really was the fiscal condition of our country. And fortunately, the Kauffman Foundation made some specific recommendations for legislation in their report on the state of entrepreneurship in the United States. And we adopted and, and pursued many of those recommendations. So our, our efforts are backed up by real data uh, and serious uh, research and study. But the bill basically is designed to reduce the uh, burden uh, on the, in the regulatory world for a new business, for a startup company. It's designed to get research uh, into the hands of the private sector, federally funded research, uh, into the hands of uh, the private sector so they can use the, the, the things that research has, has taught us uh, in the real world, advanced technology uh, by people who are starting a business. Uh, we've in, in, encouraged and through legislation and, and appropriations the Economic Development Authority's uh, regional innovation program. So there are a few government programs that encourage entrepreneurship 
the tax code to change the way that we uh, treat uh, startup businesses. A number of those provisions have been enacted already uh, from our Startup Act. Uh, and perhaps most importantly, as I said earlier, to create the opportunities for talent. Uh, our country desperately needs uh, people who have uh, science, mathematics, engineering, research backgrounds, and education, uh, as well as to encourage the, the uh, ability for people who are entrepreneurs, who may be foreign-born, studying in the United States, here on a legal visa, to stay in the United States and uh, begin a business. Uh, and so, therefore, we create the, the two sets of visas. The one I mentioned uh, that is most often talked about is STEM, that science education background. Uh, the second one is an entrepreneurial visa for people who are here and want to stay and start a business and are willing to hire uh, employees, other Americans uh, in the process. We also uh, eliminate the per country, the, the per capita country cap on immigration so that we, uh, again, this is a bit of what's been talked about most recently about merit-based immigration so that we encourage uh, the bringing uh, the opportunity for people to be here uh, who are most needed in our economy. I know uh, a lot of the business owners uh, and leaders in South Central Kansas are concerned about trade, obviously. Uh, steel and aluminum tariffs. Uh, you, I think you want to proceed with caution on renegotiating NAFTA. And then we have uh, the China tariffs also to deal with. Your thoughts on those? Bill, this is, I'm on a mission uh, Kansas is a state that earns its living by what we sell abroad. We are an export state. Uh, we know this in south-central Kansas with aviation, certainly the supply chain. But as I was at Spirit for their 10,000th fuselage uh, coming off the line, uh, that is made up 100% of aluminum, that fuselage is. And it, uh, that, that event, a celebration, occurred at the time in which the administration was announcing tariffs on aluminum. Uh, you go to, uh, to Kansas City, Kansas, and we manufacture automobiles that use lots of steel and aluminum. And of course, across uh, all of our state, agriculture is uh, a huge component of how we earn a living. I made this point uh, during the tax debate, and I was a supporter of the tax bill and the reduction in rates. But it is irrelevant if you have no income for which those reduced rates apply. And the right. point I've been trying to make to the administration and certainly to my colleagues in Congress is if we uh, remove the opportunities or diminish the opportunities for us to export, to trade, to sell around the globe, uh, the tax rates don't matter much if you don't have income. And Kansas income is generated uh, in the process of exporting. And so this is particularly true in agriculture. Um, and we started with it as, I mean, first of all, the, the administration's decision not to participate in negotiating TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Uh, the administration and certainly candidate uh, Trump uh, talked about bilateral agreements and not multilateral, not multi-nation agreements. Uh, and if that's the course that they want to take, I would in, I've encouraged them to pursue those bilateral agreements. We should be negotiating with other countries now, and we're not. We uh, did not negotiate uh, to conclusion. TPP and other countries did. Uh, that is turning out to be a serious challenge for us in many arenas, and again, particularly in agriculture, as other countries can sell to Japan, for example, uh, at a 20-30 percent uh, lower price because of the reductions in tariffs between Japan and those other countries. But the real one that caught my attention 
was the one that then followed, which is the suggestion by the administration that we should or may uh, withdraw from NAFTA. Uh, Mexico and Canada are number one and two uh, importers of things from the United States, agriculture commodities from the from Kansas in sp- uh, particular. Right. Uh, and uh, our farmers and ranchers are facing a very challenging time. Commodity prices are low. We need every market. Uh, we don't need to lose a market. We need more markets. And even the threat of, of eliminating NAFTA, I think the, the administration suggests that it could be a negotiating tactic. Uh, and under, the, under NAFTA, you would uh, announce your withdrawal. Uh, the agreement would continue for six more months. But in my view, even the announcement of withdrawal or the suggestion we're going to announce we're withdrawing causes other countries, Mexico and Canada in this case, to start looking for other markets. And in agriculture, those markets unfortunately are there. We have significant and serious competition from Europe, uh, but also from uh, particularly Brazil and Argentina. So we're on a crusade to make certain that the administration and, and members of Congress know the importance of of NAFTA to uh, the way we earn a living, and it's true, again, across the state. And then we've had a couple of tariff issues. Uh, uh, washers and uh, and solar panels was the initial start. Incidentally, after that was imposed, China increased a t- announced a tariff increase on grain sorghum. Uh, Kansas is the number one grain sorghum I- uh, state in the country. And here, it, again, it's uh, w- it, tariffs will increase the price of a product in the United States make it more expensive to acquire in our manufacturing process as aluminum in a fuselage. But we also have to worry about uh, the, the retribution that occurs right. uh, when other countries decide they're going to increase tariffs against other products, uh, agriculture being example. So this, these are huge issues that are yet to be uh, determined. Uh, today, uh, the president of the administration is to announce uh, a topic uh, on tariffs related to China and uh, we certainly have. I'm of the view that China is uh, not abiding by the agreements that are in place. We need to enforce those agreements, but how we do it needs to be done uh, smartly in a way that doesn't cause more damage than the solution it's uh, designed to solve. We're coming up on time. One last question. Look into the future a little bit. What, you, what is your message for those uh, owners and leaders of uh, small and medium-sized businesses in south-central Kansas? Well, I would say that every business I visit and I do that regularly. I talk to business owners. I talk to workers. Uh, and the most common conversation I have is that we need more people who are motivated to work uh, and who have the skill set to uh, achieve the, the goals of the company, so to be a, a successful employee and contribute to the process. And I, I would say that uh, as, as we look at issues in our state, uh, certainly the tax code matters. We can't be out of line with particularly our surrounding states. But in every circumstance in which I've been involved in recruiting a business to Kansas, the number one issue that is the topic of conversation is tell me about your workforce. Tell me about their quality. Tell me about uh, their motivation. Uh, and I would, I would encourage uh, our country, but I would encourage Kansas never to lose sight of our investment, the necessary investment in people, and education uh, is a significant investment uh, opportunity for us uh, in people as far as what jobs are available. I'm of the view that if we have the best trained and motivated workforce in Kansas, the companies will come. And I'm convinced that small business is where we have the greatest opportunity to grow our economy because 
large businesses, they're generally in the process of trying to reduce costs. A small business is in the process of trying to grow. We need to make sure that in our state, uh, across our state and around the country, that we have the necessary education and training. And I would again encourage people not always to look to uh, a university education. We need to make certain that we promote and encourage young men and women, uh, as well as adults throughout their life, to look at community colleges, technical colleges, vocational education. There's a lot of success that can be had uh, in Kansas as a result of that. Senator Jerry Moran, thanks for spending some time with us on the podcast today, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thanks. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business. Visit equitybank.com. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week. We publish a new episode every week. You can see the others at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Our audience is growing. Thank you once again for listening and subscribing. We appreciate it. If you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear from, please let me know. I'll do my best to get them here. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. On behalf of the great staff here, thanks for listening. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.